every night, I dream the same dream. Tell him the truth. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Well, hi, everybody. I know you were expecting a, uh, a, a second episode to be coming, you know, two weeks after the uh, most recent one you just listened to. But guess what? We've got a special bonus pop-up episode for you. It's a very special edition of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. We're not broadcasting live. You're only going to find this on places like Podbean and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, those types of platforms, because uh, we were just so excited about this particular uh, movie and about this particular discussion that we couldn't wait two weeks for it. So we're going to bring it to you now. Also, I've been away for several months, and I feel like I have to get caught up in order to uh, uh, alleviate some of the pressure that's been on Ben for these last couple of months. <laughs> um, dude, again, thank you a thousand times over for all that you've done to keep IPC going uh, in my absence. But I'm really excited that I made it back in time to be able to talk about this movie we've got tonight. 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I know it's been getting a few mixed reviews from our peers on social media, but I, I really haven't been able to read or see or hear a whole lot of your thoughts on this film. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um. Again, thank you so much for the kind words. And also, thanks for being back. And it's good to have you back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, we, we don't do a whole lot of bonus episodes, but this... This was a warranted uh, podcast for a warranted topic. Um, it's, you know, the next Marvel movie. How could we not? And a uh, pretty big one. Pretty big one. You know, I know it wasn't what some of you guys wanted. I know you, you, some of you, you wanted Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you didn't get it. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff to talk about. At the very least, this is a very, this is a movie that's going to inspire a lot of really interesting discussions. Hopefully tonight on this podcast. But yeah, um, this is great. A little weird, um, you know, doing this audio only. Haven't haven't done a whole lot of these lately. But uh, yeah, I, I love kicking it old school. So let's do it. This is like a throwback, okay? Like you and I used to sync up our Audacity recordings or Garage yeah. Band recordings all the way back in. 2014 i know we've already discussed like a whole bunch of stuff of 2014 to now type of deal but like this gives me so much nostalgia looking back at how far we've come that you know back in the day i had to record my audio on like a mp3 separately and then try to link it up with yours to make it sound like we were having a coherent conversation and (laughs) now here i've got a sound mixer that's picking up both of our audio uh, into one Audacity file, which is awesome, but it's still very reminiscent of, of what we used to do and part of what made IPC have the longevity that it has. I mean, even though there's like tons of movies and TV shows out there, I really feel like the reason for the longevity of this program is the dynamicism that's gone on between us as hosts for the last near decade. Like, we're closer to having done this show for a decade than we are to when we started this show. So, like... That is insane. We've been at this for a while. You're going to freaking blow my mind with stuff, saying stuff like that, because I just... (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. Well, and here's the reason why we're doing a special episode for Doctor Strange. It's because we usually have a two-week format now, just because our schedules are kind of crazy and kind of all over the place, and we're doing a lot of things... And that means we have to make the most of our live summer slate. You know, Mm -hmm. we've only got one, two, three, four, five, six episodes that go through the entire month of July. And so, like, it's really, really tough to pick and choose what you're going to talk about. But we didn't want to wait until June 3rd or June 17th to talk about Doctor Strange. It, It wouldn't be relevant anymore if we did it at that point. And so, right. So we've got a really great summer slate for you. I'm not going to give it away right now. Um, we kind of teased it a little bit on our eighth anniversary episode, but um, suffice to say, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that's going to be happening this summer. And Doctor Strange didn't fit, and we wanted to find a way to make it fit. So here we are talking about yeah. it, and uh, let's just go ahead and go into like. The spoiler-free thoughts. I know you were kind of talking about Tom Cruise and that kind of thing. Um, what what kind of crossovers were you hoping for with the multiverse? 
And how well did this movie deliver for you? Yeah, that's the thing with this. It's like I kind of went in this movie going like, okay, obviously I want it to be good. I want it to be I want it to be crazy because it's Sam Raimi, it's the multiverse. There's a lot of different factors here that I'm like, okay, I want this to be. And I, I to be honest, I cut selfishly and maybe maybe stupidly wanted a bunch of cameos, one just a one bunch of mindless cameos, such as Tom Cruise as you know, ultimate uh, Iron Man. Um, and I, I go ahead and say that right now because I don't want anybody going in the theater expecting that because that didn't happen. It was a big rumor that I almost believed. And yeah, and no Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider <laughs> and none of the Spider-Men, you know, like tamper your expectations a little bit here. Not folks. even did. I, I thought for sure they'd get like Deadpool or we were talking, to, you know, a few months ago about like, oh, maybe they'll get Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. <laughs> none of these. We did get some good cameos, so we'll talk about it in a few minutes. Um, and I, I really, upon looking back on the movie after having seen it, I'm like, okay, obviously I think myself and a lot of people's expectations about this movie were a bit uh, outlandish and uh, perhaps unfair to the movie itself. Um, I think the cameos that we did get, I think, were were good. I think they were enough, and I think how they – there is just kind of one section of the movie where you get – it's a lot of big cameos. When you get to that moment, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. But, you know, it wasn't like cameo, cameo, cameo. It was kind of bursting through. I was like, oh, we're going to go through these different dimensions. We're going to be literally just busting through all these different dimensions. And, and that does happen. But it's not all – you're not running into people and doing all this stuff. There's a one specific moment where they show up, and it makes sense. I think this movie could have all been all about that, and I'm glad they didn't. I think they focused on the story, the – very, you know, the very, you know, America Chavez, Doctor Strange, you know, what their story is uh, versus, you know, just throwing in cameos and, and putting a plot around that. Like that would not have worked. So I appreciate that. I appreciate what Sam Raimi did here. Um, you know, it's not a perfect movie. I don't think it's not a movie that I I'm not sure I'd, how well I'd rank it up towards the top of my Marvel rankings, but it was a very fun movie. Very horrific. I think if you're looking for some Sam Raiminess, there's there's a lot good some good horror elements in here too. And you know, just the furthering of Doctor Strange's story, I think is really interesting because he's a character that came off of a, the first movie that not a lot of people were were too enthused about. Even I was like, eh, it's okay, whatever. Then going into Infinity War, he's like, oh my god, Doctor Strange is amazing. And then that kind of build, this kind of builds on that. And I think they do a good enough job of kind of taking off. Obviously, it's coming after some the Spider-Man incident, and there is references to that. And you know, it's kind of building on all that. So I really did like what they did here. Um, and I, you know, I, I think they set up some stuff at the end of this. And I'm like, okay, where's this going? You know, where where could we? Are we going to get more sequels or other bits or whatever? I'm just interested in the future. And I think that's part of what this phase of Marvel is supposed to be about is drawing interest so that you want to keep watching the content. Not that that hasn't been Marvel's plan from the beginning. Like pretty much every movie is like, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next. It's captivated audiences since 2008, basically by, by doing that type of format. But I feel like there's something a little bit different about the way that they've been doing it in this phase. And I'm going to posit a theory and hear me out Mm -hmm. on it. I think that Marvel's, what is this, Phase 4? 
Is this is this the yeah. is this the fourth? Yeah, this phase? is phase four, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna posit the theory that phase four is built around Wong. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, look at how much he's appeared, and apparently he's gonna show up in She-Hulk too. Exactly. I saw the announcement that he's gonna be in She-Hulk. He was in this movie, obviously. He made an appearance in Shang Chi. He made an appearance in Spider Man. So far, like, the one most consistent thing about this Marvel phase is that Wong keeps using portals and keeps showing up. He's basically been critically involved since Infinity War. And I'm not complaining. Benedict Wong is a fantastic actor and absolutely deserves the attention that he's been getting. But I really feel like they are trying to, like, start weaving the fabric that there is something crucial about this phase, particularly in relation to something like Kang the Conqueror, which has been alluded to in the Loki series, I really feel like there is going to be some crucial facet to this phase that hinges on Wong's character, because he has been given so much screen time and so much attention in this phase that it has to be deliberate. I... I couldn't agree more, especially since, like, I thought it was just kind of a throwaway joke about, like, you know, oh, in Spider-Man when he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Wong got got Sorcerer Supreme on a technicality because Doctor Strange had blipped for five years and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's just a funny joke or whatever. But, like, you know, Wong earns his stuff, especially in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. there's one action sequence where Wong – it's actually a couple action sequences where, like, Wong goes all out. Um, and he earns that earns that title because he's he's all over this movie. Um, and I this I guess this is a small spoiler because we we already said that she, he's showing up in She-Hulk. Um, I honestly expected him to die in this movie. There was a lot of moments I'm like I thought I thought okay he's gonna die yeah and then of course Doctor Strange is gonna get the get the Sorcerer Supreme title. Um, and that didn't happen. He he's he. He managed to, to squeak by, and uh, he's still around. So, uh, yeah, really cool. Well, what's funny is there is still a lot of death in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> there's still a lot of death in this movie, but it happens across the multiversal plane. So the characters from our universe that we have come to you know know and love and appreciate and what have you, Pretty much all of them are still around, or I would theorize that even the ones that looked like they died might still be around, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but they they were able to incorporate death into this movie in a way that doesn't detract from the MCU storytelling yet. Like, you don't have any critical phase-altering moments that happen in this film, which is both good and bad, in my opinion. Um, but it didn't really do anything that that really changed the course of the MCU, and yet still incorporated a lot of that Sam Raimi horror and death that you get from movies outside of Spider-Man. And so... I feel like that balance was actually pretty good. There were a lot of sequences that I wouldn't say they were jump scares. It was more like intensity based. There was right. one there was one jump scare that got me, but pretty much everything else was more like an intense build up 
And I appreciated the newfound intensity because sometimes the intensity can be found in fight sequences, but in this one, it's more found in the deterioration of character, which is a lot more introspective than Marvel tends to be. And I appreciated that they did that and that they incorporated some horror-themed elements. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely, like, there's some there's some vicious death scenes in this movie, especially the, you know, one scene in particular, which uh, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, there's some there's some heads popping and yeah. there's just like some of the most like visceral, like just bad, just awful scenes of characters just losing, losing their heads. And it's, it's, it's real messed up and it's very Sam Raimi. Um, and also they're, they're zombies. You saw one of them in the trailer. It's not, they're zombie strange, the thing, um, and just a whole lot of other stuff. And it's very, you know, it's very, very Sam Raimi. And I appreciated that. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, you know, people know Sam Raimi from the Spider-Man movies. And I think it's, you know, that, that those definitely, he shows a little bit of, you'll see a little bit of moments of horror and jump scares and whatever. I think like the, like the scene where he or Spider Man and Green Goblin are like facing off in the apartment fire. It's a little bit of you know there's a jump scare in there and there's there's a little bit of moments where there's some horror and also Green Goblin gets it in the gut or in the <laughs> with the, with the thing so a little bit of horrific yeah but uh, this this is Sam Raimi really exercising kind of melding the kind of PG-13 superheroes with with horror. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was I was trying to do a little bit of research by looking at some of the trivia on IMDb and one of the first pieces of trivia that they offer is that Raimi initially didn't want to do any more superhero films. Mm-hmm. He he said it, it, the, the trivia piece says that he lost faith in himself after the critical and audience backlash of Spider-Man 3. Ah. And so when he got the call from his agent that it kind of encouraged him to try again, um, he thought if there was ever a chance to explore, you know, his style, it would be with, you know, something like a, a multiverse and with a character as deep and sometimes dark as Doctor Strange could be. And so all of the stars just seem to align really, really well because I don't know if he would do well doing like an Avengers movie. I don't know if he would do well with um, a Hulk movie, maybe. But with Doctor Strange, it just it feels like this is where it would fit the best. And out of you know the other stuff that's out there, I I completely trust Taika Waititi with the Thor franchise. But I don't know if that would be a place that Raimi would be able to shine. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like, like the Guardians belong to James Gunn, and Thor kind of belongs to Waititi now. But if they were to make Doctor Strange sequels after this, I feel like I would trust Raimi to do it again, honestly. Yeah, I totally would too. I think... I think he's I think this fits with his character. It also just feels perfect after the just legendary foreshadowing of uh of James uh, J Jonah Jameson and you know I think it's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Or maybe maybe the first Spider-Man. No, it's number like 2. Like they're trying to 
it is number two. Because it was. No, they're trying to name. They're trying to name Doc Ock. He's like, oh, wish we name is Doctor Strange. Oh, that's good, but it's taken. Yep. Yeah. I love. I love that someone proposed the idea of like, oh, what if the what if the Defender Strange, spoiler, the first Strange you see, um, is from from Raimi's universe. (laughs) What if that's Doctor Strange? Oh, who knows? But um, I think I read somewhere else that um, Joe's Pizza, where Peter Parker works is located on Bleecker Street, which is... Oh, I think I heard that. That is where Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum is located, on Bleecker Street. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's 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 little nods and little connections that he makes, but he doesn't try to be very overt about it, which I, I really, really respect. And, fun fact, I'm just on the trivia page on IMDb right now. This is Sam Raimi's first feature film that he's directed since 2013. I think, yeah, I also heard that like, he's been out of the game for a bit. Like This is kind of his first big thing, big job back yeah. after a big, long hiatus, which is just sad, but, you know, good that, you know, he's back and... You know, there's mixed opinions about this movie. There always was going to be. But I think, you know, it's it's a big movie for the Marvel franchise. I think, it, you know, it it does a lot of interesting things. I think it, it pushes a lot of ground. And anybody that can say, you know, oh, you know, all these Marvel movies look the same. Like, you can't say that about Doctor Strange. Like, the one thing I will say about this movie is the cinematography shot composition is nothing short of spectacular like there's some of the best shots in any marvel movie ever in this movie like just breathtaking uh so you know this movie and just the style and the colors and all this kind of stuff it's it's a it really is an, an incredible looking movie um on top of being you know a really fun time well, I'm going to go ahead and dive into some spoilers because we, we've yeah. gone we've gone about 20 minutes without them, which is kind of the standard for us. Um, I, I I I loved the illusion that Wanda projects, and and what it actually looks like when she finally lets her guard down when Stephen comes to visit her. Yeah. Uh, when I when I saw the trailer, I. I genuinely thought that she had turned things around and she was trying to create life after all of the life that she had damaged and taken away from. Like, I saw that pretty orchard, and I saw Doctor Strange say, like, I'm not here to talk about what happened, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, crap. This is going to be a throwaway line, and now nothing that happened in WandaVision is going to be pertinent to whatever happens in this multiverse movie. And then I see that scene, and then I hear Wanda drop America's name, and I was sitting there going, wait a second, how did she know that? <laughs> and then she- I did too. I was like, wait, is that like, is that supposed to mean something? And she's like, you didn't tell me her name, did you? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was so I did good. fall for it because there was someone I saw on Twitter, I think, or something. Someone said, oh, look at these two shots. Look at this shot of uh, Wanda and Strange in this orchard. And then look at up in this hellish environment where she's saying, oh, that doesn't seem fair. And they're like, oh, it's the same shot. She's creating an illusion. I'm like, 
ah, oh, you're crazy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's two different things. Like, whatever. So I'll watch the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's she's back. This is WandaVision, you know, sequel. This is cool. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, we, we get that reveal. It's great. And they go, like, I will give them, I'll give the plus. I kind of have a plus and minus related to this. But a plus that I will give this, like, going straight into it. Like, there was no, like... Wanda, the jig was up immediately that like, okay, she's the villain and she's she's been corrupted and she knows what she wants and that's it. That's the movie. You know? There's no there's no uh there's no other twists and there's no like, you know, uh no no hesitation there in regards to getting to the meat of the story. Well, but I I again when I when I saw the trailer, I thought that nothing about WandaVision was going to be important or pertinent to the to the story. And then it turns out pretty much everything from WandaVision it's all the catalyst of it is, really is. is pertinent to the story. And yet and and I know I'm probably gonna get some flack for this. I know Shinder is gonna have some thoughts on this because he <laughs> he gave this movie like a six out of ten or something and I was like, what is wrong with you? But whatever. Um <laughs> I really feel like the one of the best balances that they struck was the enhancement of the movie experience by watching WandaVision coupled with creating a story that is able to stand on its own separate from WandaVision just enough that if anybody went to this movie uh, without having seen WandaVision first they would still understand where Wanda is coming from and still find a way to relate to her character. Like the, yeah, it's, the, it's, the, the idea, yeah. sorry, the idea no. of a, of a maternal instinct and a maternal love is something that goes beyond even comic books, you know, like being a parent is relatable to so many people. And so if you're just driving home that aspect alone in this film, it's enough. But when you've seen her kids and you've seen like the adventures that they've been on and you see how much that illusion meant to her, you also, as a TV fan, kind of get a better idea of why she is as driven as she is in this film. Yeah, I think I mean, I think for the most part, you could go into this movie pretty, pretty. I mean, you could watch it without having watched any other movie. I think you'll be a little bit confused about certain things, uh, not just WandaVision, but a lot of other things you know, to do with this universe and whatever else. You can still enjoy it for what it is. I think it's kind of all very bombastic for a reason. I think you kind of, you, you know, it kind of moves at breakneck speed. But the the plot is not overly complicated in the way. It's just like, hey, Wanda, uh, we've got this kid that's got powers. We don't know. She doesn't know how to control them. And then Wanda wants to kill her, and Doctor Strange trying to stop her. Like that's the plot. Like it's not right. And and I will. I don't know if I want to like give it as a criticism, but just kind of a, more of an observation in regards to like there really isn't much more to the plot than that. There's no like there's no development. There's no like twist at the end other than like America Chavez obviously figures out our powers, which you kind of could have seen that coming. But, uh, you know, there's no you you would you I would have expected the reveal that Wanda was the villain that Wanda was trying to 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 kill America Chavez. Um, 
to happen much later in the movie. But obviously you can't get there. You you don't have the whole fight and everything like that with her kind of trying to hide it. And obviously she's not very good at it anyway. So I think that whole thing was, I think, well enough. But, you know, and, and so having I really as someone who spent, you know, Many, many months, many, many years now, um, you know, in quarantine, only only watching Marvel TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to watch a Marvel movie and have it like directly like there's it's not just like one scene. There's many, many scenes that they go back to the house. And, you know, it's all about those kids. You got Billy and Tommy. The same actors are back. Yep. Like it's it's all a direct sequel. That's why I kept thinking about watching the movie. Like, wow, this is. This is basically a sequel to WandaVision. You could, you know, if you hadn't seen WandaVision, you could definitely kind of treat it as a prequel. Or, you know, you've gotten you've gotten movies and then you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get a, a origin story for the villain. Like that's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's thing the only my only criticism, and I'll I'll bring this up now while I'm thinking about it, and I'll sure. I'll try not to get too long-winded. Sure. Um my only criticism with this whole thing is not that Wanda was the villain. I think that was telegraphed pretty early and from the end of WandaVision. She's got the dark hold. Nothing good was going to come out of that, okay? So that wasn't a – the fact that she was the villain and I think blindsided a lot of people, which I, I don't know how. <laughs> it seemed, like, seemed pretty obvious to me. Um, I get you really like Wanda. You didn't want her just to become this rabid villain. I get it, but – I think she was great as the villain. Um, and, you know, maybe she dies at the end. Maybe she doesn't. Who knows? Um, it did feel like we're kind of running in place with her character in regards to she basically is the villain in WandaVision. She she holds the whole entire town hostage, maybe unwilling to her. But, you know, she does it, and she's kind of trying to come back from that. And then she is, kind of learns that lesson, but then goes back full bore to this you know, trying to get her kids back and ends up killing lots of people and doing a lot of really bad things. And, you know, it kind of felt like one step forward, two steps back for her character. And, you know, she does do the right thing in the end, and maybe that's where we're supposed to take from that. But, you know, I I would have liked a bit more from her. And I will, I will, only thing I'll say is I will be mad if this is the last time we see her. I don't think this is going to be the last time we see her. But if it would be, I would be mad. I mean, considering we now have a character that can jump from universe to universe, pretty much everything's on the table now. Like, like, even though we didn't get all of the cameos that we wanted in this movie, the potential is there at any given movie that uh, America Chavez's character is there. We've got the potential for some sort of a multiverse crossover cameo like it's it's just the tip of the iceberg here and so even if it's not our universe's wanda i feel like we're going to get wanda again in some capacity i would posit that since we didn't see a body that that means wanda made it like that would that would be my guess that would be my assumption but i do see the argument of Two steps forward, one step back. Um, I guess my question and, and counterpoint to that is, um, are steps forward really only steps forward if they are steps toward the light? 
Yeah, that's true. Because I I feel like there's a difference between like redemption development and character development, if that makes sense. Her her redemption story from from good to bad and then back to good again did hit a bit of a lull. I will completely agree with that because you know her holding the town hostage and now being her hell bent on seeing her boys again. There, there doesn't seem to be much good in sight for her. At least not in the context of her being the Avenger that we remember her from being, you know, starting in Age of Ultron and working through, like, Infinity War and Endgame. Like, she doesn't have that hero's mentality anymore. But let's be honest, she's been through a lot. There, There's a lot about her character that is about grief, that is about loss, that is about um, love and family and... You know, those were things that we saw get nurtured a little bit in her relationship with Vision in Infinity War and the things that she developed in her relationship with Vision and with the boys in WandaVision. And I feel like those pieces of her character are developing. Those pieces are enhancing, even if she's not yet circling back around to being a quote-unquote good guy. I still feel like there is some character development in there that just doesn't necessarily pertain to her heroism so much as, you know, what kind of a person she's becoming based on the events of what happened. I'm not necessarily saying that she's not a bad guy. She's definitely the antagonist of this movie by her actions and the way that she addresses people and the way she attacks people, etc., etc. But I guess I'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of, like, a mama bear trying to get her kiddos back and not somebody like you know agatha or thanos or somebody like that you know i feel like her reasons and her justification are a lot more accessible and relatable than a lot of other villains that we've seen in the mcu lately and i think i mean and and all all very good points very very fair points there i think in addition to that i think you know, not not all, you know, stories of redemption, especially not ones in real life, have, are a straight path. Right. You know, people stumble. People for sure. are get on the get on the right path for their bit and then they fall off the wagon, you know, and then, you know, they you know, they get they have to it's an up and down thing and sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with, sometimes it takes years to kind of figure something out and overcome something that you're struggling with. Right. And, you know, I think it's a very real story to have like Wanda come out of a, a bad situation that wasn't all her fault. Um, and come out of that and kind of look to something she, cause she, she experienced loss. So in her grief, she, she kind of unknowingly creates this whole town, but then creates a family for herself. And then she doesn't have that family has to give it up. Naturally, she's going to go to the dark hole to try to thing. She works on things. She gets, you know, corrupted by this thing and does even worse things. And I think what's to be taken from this is like, okay, eventually she will come back. Eventually she will come around and it'll be even more satisfying after this horrible, horrible turn of villainy to have her come back and and be the hero again. Um, and here here's my here's my thoughts on this. I think I think she's not dead. I think even I think even Michael Waldron, who wrote 
the movie was like, yeah, I don't know. It's up to interpretation. So like he's not closing the book on her like she's you know, she could be alive or dead in his mind. There's nothing definite here. I'm going to say she's alive. I'm going to say that because she was in that dark, dark hole place that she got sucked into a portal into hell or something like that, like somewhere where she's going to like have she can't escape it. She's probably suffering a lot, maybe or whatever. There's going to be some implied like she's been a, away from somewhere. She was locked away and she's she's been through a lot. I think the whole thing will be, I think in the next Avengers movie or something similar to it, there will be a moment where they're like, Oh, we got this big, bad. We need someone to stop this big, per big, bad person. Mm -hmm. And we can't do it ourselves. Well, where's Wanda? You know, this person that's almost unstoppable has almost unlimited power. I think that's going to be the whole thing. And that, that'll be her moment to redeem herself, to kind of like smooth things over a little bit in regards to and you know i'm sure the, the whole relationship between her and, and strange will be uh fleshed out a bit more too then but that's just that's my theory for right now i think portals are definitely a possibility i think um because of her ability to dream walk she may just be inhabiting some other body that's like, possible like we we saw that there was like the normal version of her at the end of WandaVision, you know, in that post credit scene where she's doing all that domestic stuff. And then the real Wanda is, you know, cooped up studying the Darkhold. And so I feel like we could have something of a similar nature where maybe her body is practically incapacitated due to the events that transpired. But maybe she's got some sort of a spirit walk or she's got some other body that she's inhabiting or she dream walked into another dimension and the character that we know from this universe is inhabiting somebody else's body in another universe or, you know, something, something like that. And I, I, I definitely think considering Elizabeth Olsen's prowess and considering how much more to her character can still be fleshed out. I think it would be a crime to end her character here and now. I think there's plenty more of that story to tell, and if they don't tell it, then that is a lot of missed opportunity on Marvel's part. Yeah, I think with a few rare exceptions, I think, especially these days, you, to say, oh, well, that character died. Oh, oops, sorry. We're not going to see him ever again. Like, don't don't assume anything at this point. There, there, so many characters characters have literally like been cut in half, okay, and died, fell in a long pit, and they somehow came back, okay. And Marvel <laughs> Comics, Marvel Comics is especially good or bad depending on your point of view about like you know bringing characters back. I mean, I think the whole saying is that the only character that does actually stay dead is Uncle Ben. That's uh, it's true, but it sucks. <laughs> so uh i wouldn't count wanda out i would not count she'll she'll be back and elizabeth olsen has been uh very upfront about wanting to come back so i think uh i think you can bet on that Dude, she was so invested in this character i read that she finished shooting um wandavision and then within a matter of days flew to london to shoot this movie that's great it probably probably just goes to show how uh, you know how they pulled off the just excellent continuity between the two because like it didn't even look like the kids had aged at all 
Like kids grow fast at that age, and yeah, they do. They were clearly like the same age, so they really pulled that off well. Maybe because they had the set up and everything, maybe they just shot some of that stuff right after they finished shooting Wandavision. Yeah, probably so. I mean, it the, looked the, the house pretty set, much exactly the same. Right, the house set looks the same. The kids look the same. All you gotta do is like build a wall, um, in place of a couple of things and shift the furniture around a little bit. But all of the set pieces look very similar so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they just shot some of that stuff right after wandavision yeah and there's even some scene like there's a scene in the bedroom where it almost feels like plays like a alternate version of you know the scene where they say goodbye at the end of wandavision yeah. like uh so it, it very i could see that very well happening yeah yeah i i think that's true um can't say for sure. I hadn't. I didn't get to read all of the pieces of trivia on IMDb. Okay, and I don't have all the connections on Twitter to be able to find these types of things out. But that would be that would be my my assumption, my guess. Um, yeah. Before we get into Earth eight three eight, can we talk a little bit about the attack on Comitage? Yes, we should. Oh my god. That was intense. And the fact that like going up to that and and you like the whole time I'm thinking, you guys got all these sorcerers, it ain't gonna be enough. You can't stop her. <laughs> you need to be running. Like the fact that they're so confident, like, okay, we're just gonna fortify this and we're just gonna stand here and she'll just shoot some 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 balls of energy at us and we'll be fine. No, no, it's not going to work. And if anything, I feel like this this really helped showcase her powers. Even more so than what she did in WandaVision, holding a whole town hostage. These are the best of the best, okay? Like, these are the people that trained Doctor Strange, these are the people that have been guarding and protecting Earth for centuries, thousands of years, and they are, like, assembling all of them from all over the world. When the Sorcerer Supreme summons them, they answer the call, and, you know, they're all there. And she is able to fight and manipulate and finagle her way in a matter of minutes. The, the strongest and most secret fortress in the world is breached in a matter of moments. Destruction and havoc wreaked not just by her mind games, but her physical assaults. My jaw was hanging open during this scene just in awe of the fight sequences, of some of the writing that happens between Olsen and Cumberbatch up in the air. Like... I just I feel like this may be one of the best fight sequences I have seen in the MCU. And and I know that that's high praise and I know that I'm going to catch some flack especially because of <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame and all that kind of stuff, but the stakes compounded with the odds compounded with everything that we know about Kamatage and the sorcerers and everything that we've seen and experienced from Wanda like, all of these things that they put together finally came to a head and finally showed her as an antagonist. And I just, I feel like we got a 
glimpse of her raw power and potential, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, she's someone, I think, honestly, I think from a, like, strictly, like, storytelling and movie-making perspective, I think having, you would be stupid not to put Wanda in a position where she is a villain, because she's a great villain, and she's so freaking scary, and it's not just the fact that she, you know, runs around looks like a zombie sometimes tilts her head a certain way you know crawls like a like a possessed demon out of a out of a mirror or something like that like all this kind of stuff but just the fact that she's so powerful that when someone is fighting her you're like this person's gonna die because she's unstoppable she's absolutely the most powerful she would give the avengers a run for their money like she's that powerful so i think putting her in this situation where she has one singular focus and you know they're you know bound and determined to stop her like that's that's interesting um and even though i'm saying that i i wouldn't wouldn't necessarily want her to be a villain in an avengers movie she very well could be like she very well could do that because she's that powerful she she would definitely the avengers would have trouble stopping her well, and I think that's, again, part of her character development is that she wasn't strong enough to save Vision in Infinity War. Like, she gave Thanos a run for his money, but she wasn't strong enough in that instance. And basically everything that she's been doing since then, whether that's the the town, whether that's the Darkhold whether that's the dream walking, whatever it may be, everything that she's been doing since then has been building up to where she doesn't want to be the weakest person in the room anymore. And she proved it several times over with this one person ransacking of one of the, one of the biggest and strongest strongholds in the world. It was it was just so much fun to see. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. To me, top five action sequences that you get in the MCU, just based on stakes, visuals. Um, like you mentioned with the mirror sequence, she's using people's reflections to be able to to transport herself. Like this is Wanda at one hundred percent, and it's scary to see. It, it's honestly scary to watch. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how like I think that was one of my thoughts earlier on. I think it was kind of during the during the squid battle earlier in the movie. I'm like, why don't they trap him in the mirror dimension? Whatever. Um, obviously, it wouldn't made for a great fight. Um, but like with Wanda, it's just like trap her in the mirror dimension. Okay, they did that. It didn't work. Not even the mirror dimension can hold her. Like right. she's just that. Powerful, and it makes you like go back and like watch the older like Avengers movies. You're like, man, she really was holding back. Like even like you know doing some of the crazier bits, like she she lifts up the giant like things during the battle of Wakanda, you know, and throws them around. Just pretty epic things in that 
those fights, but like nothing like she's doing in this movie. Like nothing. Like not even she's not she's not even tapping into like a like a small percentage of her power, you know, in those earlier movies. So is she holding back or is she unaware of what she's capable of? I think I think it's what happens with Agatha that really seems to like unlock her powers or like she doesn't really know who she is. Like they kind of we always knew her as the Scarlet Witch, but like in universe, it wasn't until Agatha were like, oh, you're this mythological creature known as the Scarlet Witch. I think and she says like you're 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 like almost unlimited power and all this kind of stuff like that's her whole deal. And she really didn't know who she was or what she it wasn't. Because, well, I think before then it was like, oh, well, you got your powers from the stone. No, the stone unlocked your powers. Like she was always a mutant or whatever you want to call it. Um, It wasn't until the stone kind of interacted with her that it was kind of shown to her. And uh, yeah, it, it unlocked a lot of stuff for her. Well, if you think about it, there's a lot of characters in the MCU that have some sort of person that inspires them or motivates them or even mentors them. You know, Strange had a mentor when he was learning the mystic arts. There really wasn't anybody like that for Wanda. She was just kind of figuring out her powers on her own. She was in a... In a, in a lab for many years of her life when she was just learning her powers and they were probably experimenting on her and stuff, but she didn't necessarily have a mentor then. And then she got like a really brief pep talk from Hawkeye in Age of Ultron and she had friends when she was living on the Avengers campus, but nobody that was really like teaching her how to harness her powers effectively. So in a sense... Agatha was almost like her mentor because it it took Agatha antagonizing her to realize what she's really capable of. And now that she's realized it, she's unleashing it in this movie. And I think that's one of the things that I appreciate is not only are we exploring the multiverse, not only are we getting an exploration into, you know, America Chavez, not only are we seeing Doctor Strange pretty much at his peak, at his strongest, at his best, but we're seeing Wanda at her peak as well. And I'm trying hard not to make this like a Wanda podcast. I'm, I swear I'm not. <laughs> well, she's a big part of this movie. so. And the, the part just gets even bigger when she dreamwalks into Earth 838 and basically, you know, again, single-handedly gets rid of all of those cameos that we were getting so excited about for months. It just, it's just amazing how all these cameos are talking about all these cameos and, you know, we're going to get some big ones and, and one, a couple of them really surprised me. I didn't think they would go there and uh, they were all cannon fodder. Every single one of them just yep. massacred. And I heard people talking about like, you know, ahead of time of like, Oh yeah, there's some really big there's some really big deaths. I'm like, oh wow, they're gonna maybe kill off some major characters again. I'm thinking Wong's gonna be a goner, right? Right. Um, maybe you know maybe they'll kill Wanda. You know any any of these things? Um, no, I didn't, I didn't expect freaking Reed Richards to get freaking string cheesed and head popped. Like, come on. <laughs> no, nobody did. But 
You should have heard the crowd at my screening of <laughs> Multiverse of Madness when John Krasinski shows up on the scene. Oh, I heard at yeah. least three people yell out, Jim! <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> I was just sitting there because that, that was... I actually did get spoiled on that one a little bit because I kept hearing yeah. things. Yeah. But still, I was sitting there going like, wow, they actually did it. Like the ultimate fan service. Like for years, everyone's fan casting this guy. And they did it. And they absolutely okay. did it. So, um, I love it. Fun fact. Did you know he wasn't the first choice for Reed Richards? I heard this. I was kind of surprised. I was like, why Daniel Craig? Like why? Like uh, he? It, yeah, it's, uh, it's. It was another report I read that something about maybe he was going to be playing a different character, but that wasn't what originally they said. And uh, yeah, I I don't. I mean, I, and that's what's that's what's curious. Someone I think someone was debating online about you know like you know now the debate is like is John Krasinski the Reed Richards? Is he going to be Reed Richards in the MCU or are we going to get a different actor or is it just, just for the 838 universe? Um, and someone pointed out like, well, if they're looking at different actors, then maybe that means that they weren't set on Krasinski, that maybe we'll get a different actor. If they're going to cast Daniel Craig. But maybe Daniel Craig was playing a different character, so who knows? But just the fact that they, they did this and just made it happen – um, I think Ash, uh, Elizabeth, Ashley Olsen, <laughs> um, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen came out and said that basically she never met John Krasinski. So, uh, so yeah, that was all like CGI or whatever. Yeah. Else. So yeah. he may have been added in the last minute. Who knows? Yeah, from what I heard, everybody was added in separately. Wow. I that doesn't surprise me. I don't, I don't think any of the Illuminati actually were in the same room because I just, Basically, each one of them gets killed off individually. You know, you don't right. see them like working together as a quote unquote unit. It's like Captain Carter attacks at one point and then Rambo slash Marvel attacks at another point and then Reed Richards attacks at another point. Like they had them all going individually, which, as we know from Attack of the Clones, is a really bad idea. Don't. It's just an old trope, just a really bad old movie trope of like you've got like ten dudes and they're gonna go beat up on this one guy, Jackie Chan or whatever else, and they all wait their turn to beat up on him. Yeah, yep. they all gotta wait their turn. And I know that they had to do that for CGI purposes, but it it, it again they're, made they're them not the Avengers. I don't care what the, the Illuminati. They may think they're all good and everything like that, but there are no Avengers. They can't work together worth a crap. It's so funny how. Reed is like, Black Bolt can end you with just his voice. And then she's like, what mouth? <laughs> and you turn... I gasped. I was like, oh my god. Like, that is just some next level powers. Okay? Can, can, we, can we talk about Black Bolt for a split second here? Yeah. I'm just... That was one of the ones that I was not spoiled on. I had no idea going in. Right. And just blew my mind the fact that they got black bolt which i think i had heard previously that black bolt was on on the illuminati team and mm -hmm. he was in the comics and i was like eh 
well, you know, they had Anson Mount and they had the old, uh, the old Inhumans show and uh, didn't go over very well. So right. they're probably just going to want everybody to forget about that and not, right. you know, not make any mention of that. So I wasn't expecting that at all. The fact that they got Black Bolt, and they got Anson Mount. This the same week that Strange New Worlds comes out. Like what a week for Anson Mount to have these two magnificent things happening. Um, and just just the hats off to Feige and crew for making that happen because like they could have done anything. They could have got any actor or any character, but they chose him, gave him a comic accurate costume. Yeah. Just magnificent. Well, and see, it was that comic accurate costume that kind of threw me. I had to wait until the, the credits to verify that that was even Anson Mount because uh, I couldn't tell. Yeah, he's he's not he's not super recognizable in that costume. No, he's he's really not. Again, they could have gotten anybody. He doesn't. You can't even hear what he says. Right. You 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 can't hear him, and he dies after a few minutes of screen time. But he's there. He's, he's wearing a cow. You can't you can't you can't uh, you can't see that magnificent head of hair he has. Oh so it's hard God. to recognize. Him. I have a man crush on that head of hair. Just the hair. <laughs> Can I just have his hair? Can I just can I have some of his hair, please? Mine is falling out. Like can I can 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 he shave it off and donate it as a wig for my marriage and then I'll give it back or he can grow it It'll back. It'll grow back. Come on, Anson. Like, like oh my gosh, dude. I mean not only him, but I mean you've got Haley Atwell coming back as Captain Carter. So good. Rachel man. McAdams came back as Christine Palmer. Chiwetel Ejiofor came back as Mordo. Um, and then, of course, one of my personal favorites, Patrick freaking Stewart, man. Oh, just just to see him in the MCU finally. Just because, yeah, I was. I'll be, I'll be honest and selfish here and say that I was hoping for maybe a Wolverine or a Deadpool cameo. I really was. I thought. But I just thought... having... I thought Deadpool was a possibility, and I heard that they were actually talking about trying to include Wolverine, and she was basically, you know how like she's she's basically turning everybody's powers against them when she kills them mm-hmm. off. Um, from what I heard in the early stages of the of the characters and 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 that scene, um they were going to have Wolverine be one of the one of the Illuminati fighters and she was basically going to rip the flesh off of his adamantium body leaving behind just an adamantium skeleton oh <laughs> that's even worse than what happened to him in days of future past my I'm, god i'm telling you man like i don't remember where i read that it was on twitter probably so that's not probably 100% accurate but like even... And also, it would have it would have sparked a lot of debate. Be like, did he survive? Would he can he come back from that? <laughs> I think maybe the reason it didn't come to fruition was if they did something that graphic, maybe it would have bumped it up to rated R. I that sounds very rated R. Just trying to visualize that, so yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but they did. I mean, they have you know heads popping, and uh, again. Anson Anson's head exploding out the back, just gruesome. Oh, um, so and cool. then you know her her snapping uh, Charles Xavier's neck, just yep. just man, brutal. Yep, 
Yep. And 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 that's again the thing that makes this movie so interesting is you have a lot of death, but none of the death pertains to our earth essentially. Yep. Like what is this 616? I think is what it is. Yeah. I think I think yeah. our I think I think the earth that we've been following is 616 and basically right. all of the death happens in 838. So you get a lot of death, you get a lot of showcasing of talent, you get a lot of cameos and then basically all of the potential for those cameos to return or resume just gone in a matter of minutes. But I I appreciated that they they did what they did. And I know that we didn't get one of the Spider-Men. I know we didn't get Ghost Rider. I know we didn't get Wolverine. I know we didn't get Tom Cruise. Like, there were a lot of things that that people were getting hyped over and getting excited about. That it was going to be like, you know, a a flood, a barrage of cameos and such. But I just take a look at this movie for what it is and have to appreciate the effort that went into making this to flipping through multiple universes to bringing in new and old characters to um, introducing new characters um, like America Chavez. Like there was a lot that this movie tried to do in just a couple of hours. And even though the pacing may have been off a little bit, even though it may not have been done perfectly, I still really enjoyed myself watching this movie. I think there's a lot, a lot to praise in here. Like I said, it's, it, it's maybe deserves some criticism in places, but I think sure. overall it's a fun time. I think if you're like, I don't know if you're for some reason you're on the fence about like going out and see this movie. And like, I would say the Illuminati scene is like worth the price of admission alone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, overall, like it is it is a very it's a fun movie. It's not maybe as consequential as you'd want it to be. Maybe that's a kind of a, a halfway criticism for me is in regards to like <clears throat> I really like movies like. For example, your, your Captain America. The Civil War, like Captain America Winter Soldier, or like that's something where you kind of you walk out of the theater, you're like, oh, everything's changed now. Everything's different. Um, this is not that kind of movie necessarily. It's kind of a one-off adventure. As you're saying, there's a lot of stuff happens, but it's not really in the universe that we're familiar with. So, you know, it's it's a lot of kind of contained madness, but it's still a lot of madness. And I think it's, yeah. it's aptly titled. And it's it's just a really it's, I think it's a pretty solid entry in this series. I think it's a step up from the original Dark, Doctor Strange movie. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm I, I'm not even someone who hates that movie that much. I think it's pretty solid all, all of its own. But I think when you're talking about Doctor Strange and a character that is so weird and strange, um, you know, it's 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 it definitely leans more into the the strengths of that character and throwing Wanda in the mix, throwing all this new characters into the mix, I think is a really novel idea. I think they did a really great job of kind of taking all these elements and mixing them together and, you know, giving us, and again, not giving us as much as people wanted a cameo fest. It wasn't that 
it wasn't all about the cameos. It was about, okay, here's a story. Um, and it was about telling just a fun story about Doctor Strange and America Chavez. Again, and just really quick, America Chavez, I can't wait to see more from her. She was so good. That, that actress is so great. Um, and I really – like she's very young. She's like 17. Like she's doing this. It's just crazy. Basically carries this whole movie and um, you know, I think we'll have a future in this universe for sure. But yeah, just overall, just a fun, fun time. I noticed that you said that actress. Are you not brave enough to try and pronounce the actress's first name? I think it's – no, I'm actually not. I'm I'm not brave enough. I'm not brave enough. I, I heard a I heard a, a correct pronunciation a few days ago, but I can't remember exactly. So I had to do like one of those Google how to pronounce type of things where it actually sounds it out for you. I, I speak a little Spanish. Obviously, my fiance is Hispanic, so like she told me that she really appreciated the representation. Like yeah. there's not there's not a whole lot of Hispanic superheroes out there, and it's gotten to the point where like I I've heard her and her brother and her cousin and stuff they'll talk about like Hispanic representation in things like the MCU, and they're like you know black people have Black Panther and white people have everything else, and what do what do Mexicans have? And they all pause, and then somebody says Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not. I don't a... know if that's. I don't know if that's sad or just hilarious. It it was a little of both. Like it drew some laughs, but it also sparked a, a really good conversation about representation and and why it matters. And um, it, it, that was one of the things that I touched on in my initial review is that it it's got a bold new take. I, I said this in in my post. It's got a bold new take on in the MCU in a lot of ways storytelling thematic elements visuals representation character arcs it accomplishes a lot the horror fan in me the disney plus tv fan the mcu fan they're all satisfied but the representation was a big one in fact not just in in the 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 hispanic side of things with sochil gomez that's that's how you pronounce it. Aha, there you go. So chill. Um, not just with with Gomez as uh, America Chavez, but also with the fact that there's like a memory flashback sequence where you see that she is raised by two moms. Yeah, and really cool. That little ten second sequence, ten to fifteen seconds, is what got the movie banned from China. That's all it takes, I guess. And they that like the embassy or the you know the official government or whatever, like made a petition to Disney to just remove that little bit from the from the cut that ends up in China, and Disney didn't budge. Like they they would not sacrifice their representation for a few hundred extra million dollars. Like I'm sure that. Taking out a scene that that probably like aside from a little bit of character development, like it doesn't really affect the overall plot, but no. it's but it's still a statement that Disney felt was important to have in this film and about this character, and they refused, 
And yet, this movie is still doing really, really well in the box office. Like, uh, yeah, inter, inter, internationally alone, it's made over $400 million. Um, as far as its totals go, Box Office Mojo says that uh, this movie has made over $715 million on a $200 million budget. So it may not be the billion-dollar maker that... Um, that we had with Spider-Man, but this movie is still a box office success. There's no doubt about it. And that's great. I, you know, I, I know Disney catches a lot of flack for a lot of things and, you know, sometimes they don't do enough, but you gotta, you gotta give them credit for that, that they, they stuck to their guns there and, and may, and, and did something that, like you said, didn't really need to. Like, I think, there's obviously the one scene where you kind of see her origins, see what happened to her parents. And then I think Strange kind of at one point mentions, oh, yeah, your your moms would be proud of you or whatever else. And like there's two references that you could have easily taken out of the movie and, you know, no one would have been the wiser. Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't. And it's all in there. And, uh, yeah, just like it's the bare minimum of like acknowledging gay people exist in this universe or in another universe <laughs> too much for china Oops, sorry, sorry about mean, that you mean people can be gay in another reality as well as this one <laughs> like it's not even this earth another what are earth. the odds <laughs> just so it's it would it would it would be hilarious if it wasn't pretty sad uh, it's a little of both. It's a little of both. Yeah, yeah, always. Okay, um, I wanna I wanna touch really quickly on the um, on some of the negatives, if I may. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. Because I don't want it to sound like I'm praising this movie and calling it a, a ten out of ten. In fact, I want to read an excerpt from our friend Stephen Schinder, who probably would be in the live chat if we were doing this live. So, um, I feel like we have to do it him. off. We're doing it off the record, off the off the grid here. And uh, and yet he's still making his presence felt. And this is because I respect him, and he gives insightful and thoughtful explanations for his opinion on films. And that's why I try to include stuff because I know a he would be in the chat if we had one, and b I just respect his opinion even if I disagree with it. Um, he said, Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was okay. It felt like a slog at times. It's very rare that I want an MCU movie to just hurry up and end. Certain threads felt like the logical next step for the characters, but it just wasn't as compelling or entertaining for me to watch for some reason. There were bits of Sam Raimi's brand of horror, but not as much as I was expecting. CGI felt pretty bad in places. Some of the editing was really annoying. Certain quote-unquote surprises had lost their novelty by the time I saw them in context. Shame, as this is a film that I was really looking forward to seeing. It's not bad, but somewhat overwhelming. He uh, started by giving it a 6.5. He's bumped it down now to a 6 out of 10. Oh, wow. Um, Brutal. I, I, I Like I said... I respect the opinion, even if I disagree with it. Um, but I do, especially from a storytelling point of view, do get where he's coming from because you've mentioned this, that Wanda's character doesn't feel like uh, it changes all that much. And 
there were a couple of points towards the final third of the film where I was like, okay, is this where it wraps up? No. Okay, is this where it wraps up? No. Okay, is this where it... Oh, maybe. Oh, nope, doesn't wrap up here. Like, there were there were a few sequences that were like that. And the the trashed universe where you've got the, the evil strange um, towards the end, I felt like that sequence was drug out more than it needed to be. And I'm on the fence. I'm still really on the fence about the whole musical note fight scene that they had. <laughs> that was like, I, I, you know what? I didn't hate it. Um, I think it's fine, but like, it is, it is kind of weird. It is like, okay, wow. They did. They went there. Like, it's just like, they just, it's just, it's just weird. It's just like, it's, you didn't expect it. Okay. But with the blows that were landing, you also had those actual musical notes being played during the fight. <laughs> that was pretty creative. And there's not a whole lot of people that I feel like would be able to coordinate that effort as well as Danny Elfman. Like when you when you're talking yeah. about blending music into a film, there's very few people that can actually do that well. And I feel like the guy who did the music for Nightmare Before Christmas is supremely qualified for something like that challenge. So it could have been a lot worse. But to have Danny Elfman be the brains behind that venture, I am less on the fence about it as I would have been if somebody like some, you know, Giacchino or John Watts or somebody else had been doing it. You know, like right. this was this was a good choice. Hans Zimmer. You know, they're all really great composers, but I just don't know how well they would have been able to incorporate it without making it seem even more goofy than it was shaping up to be. So, like, on the fence, but also kind of not on the fence about it. But that whole scene did kind of great and and go on for too long. And then the one other thing that I probably didn't care for, and I'll finish with this. I didn't really care for the the MacGuffin. I, I didn't like the idea that there is a anti-Darkhold called the Book of Vishanti. Like, that is probably one of the, the cheapest plot devices I've seen in storytelling for a while. <laughs> oh, we've got this bad book? Well, guess what? The good guys have a book of their own, and it's the good book. Like... I wish there had been like some, you know, wise thousands of year old sage who knew the right spell to, you know, reverse the damage. And they couldn't find him because he was hidden in some tucked away universe that hardly anybody explores anymore or whatever. Like, there were a ton of other ways that you could have tried to find a way to counter what what uh, Wanda was doing. But to have basically the anti-Darkhold, that was that was a little lazy, I feel like. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? Going back to to Schinder's um complaints, I will admit and agree that uh some of the some of the pacing is a bit weird in this movie. You know, it is it kind of gets going and it's kind of a big chase movie and you know, stuff's happening and they're kind of jumping between universe and universe and you know, it's you know, and it does kind of some scenes kind of drag out a little bit more than maybe they should. Um, 
and you know, talking about the editing, I feel like there was I, I when I once once we kind of got teased on like, oh, we're in the Illuminati. I just wanted to get there, and I found myself getting frustrated anytime we went back to what Wong and Wanda were doing because I'm like, just show us the Illuminati. I want to see. Xavier and all those guys. Right. Um, was he Captain Carter? Um, and maybe that's just me in my own head, but you know, it just it was an observation. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's a bit weird. And, you know, and it's not a super long movie. It's only like a two hours nine minutes, which is shorter than a lot of Marvel movies. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it could have been shorted. I don't know. Um, but you know, it is. You know, it's it's maybe, you know, it, it does some things that maybe, you know, maybe some scenes could have been cut or whatever else. But I think um, it's just kind of a it's an odd movie in and of itself that it's, you know, you're doing different things and there's no like the climax is like you could you could argue like the big fight is not really a huge fight at the end. You know, some of there's bigger fights in the movie than that, um, because uh, basically it's just and then, yes, it's very very on the nose that just like the, the what we needed the whole time was right in front of us. America Chavez just had to believe in herself. Yeah. To do it. That's a bit, that's a bit cliche. I'll allow it this time, but uh, you know, I did can definitely, if you, if you want to make that a complaint and I, I can't argue with you. You know what it reminds me of it, that, that whole scene reminded me of toy story Two. Hmm. Really? The elevator scene where um, the the newer version of Buzz is, like, about to get beat by Zerg. Oh, my gosh. You could have defeated Zerg all along. You just need to believe in yourself. Exactly. I can quote that movie word for word anytime you ask me. Prepare to die. <laughs> I can't look. <laughs> I did it. I finally defeated Zerg. Father. <laughs> so good. <laughs> There's your quote of the night, folks. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, man. But I, I, I do like that they, that, that America had a mentor, you know? And, and I think that is designed to be like the antithetical aspect of america versus wanda's character america has a ton of untapped but raw potential as well yeah but the difference is the she has people who are around her supporting her encouraging her and mentoring her and i just don't feel like that's something that wanda had and in that respect i actually have a little bit of sympathy for her character you know, the one thing that she was able to grasp onto and and feel like she was someone or was something in this world was Vision. Vision saw her. She felt seen with him. And he was taken from her. And so that's the whole point of the WandaVision TV show is that she didn't want to lose what she had. And in her grief, she went above and beyond what she was supposed to do. And I feel like this movie is a continuation of that. You know, if, if I'm going into, into my final thoughts, I appreciate that America has these people. But I also kind of empathize with Wanda in the sense that she doesn't 
have anybody. And that's what happens to people who are left all alone to fend for themselves. They become filled with grief. They become consumed by loss and darkness. And in the end, she does kind of sacrifice herself to a certain extent. Um, but I still believe that, you know, she's she's not completely gone, but we'll get we'll get to that. Um and it's a it's a really interesting comparison and contrast at the end of that film where America has the mentorship and the encouragement that causes her to to realize her potential and Wanda is left as alone as she felt when she was, you know, separated from her twin in that research facility in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. And you just reminded me of something. Uh, the only other kind of sort of criticism that I have. And it's re- this is almost almost petty almost in my, in my opinion, but it's something that I I would have preferred one more scene, one line of dialogue or something in regards to strange or someone on the opposing side trying to reason with her mm-hmm. trying to say hey look what if we you know we could we could get you what you want we can go to another universe where or billy and tommy don't have a mom and you can get you can be their mom or something like that um <clears throat> i get the movie makes it abundantly clear she cannot be reasoned with that right. she she wants to go get a Billy and Tommy from another universe that she wants access to the multiverse. She can save them from any harm or whatever else. I get that. But from the perspective of strange, I think it would have been a bit better to have this character who's supposed to be compassionate, who's supposed to know her to try to make that olive branch of like, Let's not fight. Let's try to make this work. Let's try to uh, reason with her. Um, that's my only like short little criticism of her kind of turn and all that. Um, but again, like you know, it's it's just a small thing. But uh, and just going off of that really quick, I will just say like again, I enjoyed this movie. Like as it's not, it may not. It's probably not in my top five and probably not even my top ten Marvel movies. But I think. It's a good kind of middle of the road fun movie. I think it delivered on its promises and no, those promises did not include Tom Cruise or Deadpool or anything like that. Those were all made up by fans, including myself. Okay. Um, so I'm not, not putting any ill you will got, against the movie. You got no one those. to blame, but yourself. Um, it would cool to get Tom Cruise. Got no one to blame, but yourself there folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> But. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, you know, it, I think I actually appreciate the movie. Again, wasn't a cameo fest. It was about telling a, a, a decent story right. um, with a lot of good characters and keeping the focus on Strange and Chavez and, and, and doing that. Um, I think it does it well enough. Um, I think, you know, throwing Deadpool in the mix would have been fun, you know, but, you know, would that have added a whole lot to the movie? And would it have been good for the plot? Who knows? But, you know, it's still, I think it made for a fun time and having the Illuminati there and, and getting the characters that they want. Again, Illuminati could have been anyone. They could have just gotten different versions. They could have got Robert Downey Jr. back to do, you know, different version of Iron Man or or whatever else. The fact that they went out of their way to pick, you know, some 
kind of expected ones, but also some very unexpected choices in the Illuminati, I think was very, they should be applauded for like, just that whole scene is just magnificent. The way how they pulled it off and, and what they did to those characters. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, I think this movie sets up a lot is not as consequential or as huge galaxy breaking multiverse breaking as maybe I want it to be, but I still got a lot to add to the mythology. And I think we're going to see strange going through a lot of stuff. She, he's got a third eye now and he, he's been corrupted by the dark hole himself. So we'll see how that plays out. America Chavez, I think will be a major, major player in the future of the franchise and uh who knows what else what is in store but uh yeah really enjoyed it well i i feel like just based on the the youth that we are experiencing you know we're gonna have um tatiana maslani as she hulk we're gonna be getting a miss marvel tv show we're gonna be getting america chavez um there's a few other young people that aren't coming to mind right away right now, but I feel like they're going with like a youthful kind of a young Avengers type of look um, for this phase. And I'm really intrigued to, uh, to see how all of that shapes up. I mean, obviously, you know, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man kind of on the youthful side of things, he may um, find his way back into the fold eventually. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential for those types of young people to, to make a difference in the MCU. And that's exciting to think about and see where it lands. I mean, um, what is it? Kate Bishop as kind of a younger Hawkeye. I was going to say, I think, I think maybe young Avengers is maybe the next big Avengers movie. Cause I think you got, you got Kate Bishop. You got, I think it's, it's what is Patriot. Uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, Falcon Winter soldier, um, you got a bunch of new. You'll have pretty soon uh, Cassie Lang, the new Ant Man, showing up mm-hmm. in uh, the next Ant Man movie. So there's a lot of young young protagonists that are coming up. Yeah, I think that may be a theme of like passing the torch. I think maybe you'll see what happened in Hawkeye, maybe on a larger scale of like, yeah. hey, it's the old team kind of helping the new kids come up in the up in the world. Yep. I, I think that's where we're headed, and I think this movie really helps kind of set that stage for the for the passing of the baton. So it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, um, absolutely. Overall, this was an ambitious movie, and I think there were some things that they did really really well, and maybe some things that they could have done better. Um, it's obviously not an instant classic, and it's not something that was uh, well received by all, but. I, I also don't feel like this movie should be should be trashed or, or cast aside either. Um, 153,000 rates from IMDb give this movie a 7.4 out of 10. I still think that that's a little bit low for me, but it's it's not far off because it's a, it's a little bit of uh, a little bit higher than what Steven gave it, but it's also a little bit lower than what I would give it. Um, I think Rotten Tomatoes had it in the 70s as well. That's a, it's got a 74 uh, on the tomato meter, but an 86 audience score. So mm, wow. um, pretty, pretty well received by um, 
by the fans. And so I feel like my score is somewhere in between IMDb's score and Rotten Tomatoes' score. I initially gave it an 8.5 out of 10, but after hearing uh, some of the thoughts from you this evening and hearing some of the reading some of the thoughts from Steven and just kind of mulling it over, um, I think my official score will probably be around an 8 out of 10. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to match you on that. I'm going to be a cop out. I'm going to match you on that. No, it's not a cop out. We're just, I really feel like we're on, we're on a very similar page. That's all. <laughs> Hey, you, there's a, more than one way to look at it. Um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I had my criticisms. It's not, like I said, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. You know, it's, it's got its drawbacks, but for the most part, I think it got the job done. And, you know, like I said, I, I went in going into this movie. I wanted it to be crazy. I wanted it to be, you know, multiverse shenanigans and and some good cameos and some surprising stuff. And it, it, it gave me all of that. I think. I really can't complain. It kind of gave me everything that I wanted, um, except except Tom Cruise. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I can't like I said can't 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 fault it for that. Um, but I think it really it got the job done, and uh, you know, and as a Sam Raimi Marvel movie, I think it really delivered on all the all the stuff that you'd expect and more. So I think I think eight out of ten feels like a really good, uh, really good score for this one. Well, it's definitely I, I definitely enjoyed it more than the first Doctor Strange movie, and I finally feel like there is a Doctor Strange centered movie that has some of Doctor Strange best moments in it. You know, up until this movie came out, I had always argued that the best Doctor Strange movie was Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and, yeah, you're not wrong. And now I can I can change that opinion. So um I I was satisfied with this movie and I'm I'm looking forward to see what kind of things it can do for the MCU and for the franchise moving forward. I'm looking forward to She Hulk. I'm looking forward um, to Thor Love and Thunder. I'm looking forward to what supposedly is coming out around Thanksgiving time. I've heard that they may be uh, able to release Black Panther by then. It's probably going to get pushed back, but for right now, its tentative placeholder um, for a release date is at the end of this year. So um, we could end up getting Multiverse of Madness. We could end up getting uh, Love and Thunder, and then we could end up getting uh, Wakanda forever by the end of this year. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this, where this goes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where all this happens. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to place a bet though, because I saw that the, uh, Guardians Christmas special has finished filming. If Black Panther gets delayed, I bet we get the Guardians Christmas special around November, around the end of this year. Yeah, because that's, uh, I think that might be close to being finished. I think they kind of filmed it with Guardians 3, and Guardians 3 just finished filming, so. uh, Yeah, I think they finished, I think they finished the Christmas special before they finished Guardians 3, so. I think it's supposed to take place before this, and maybe, I think it's supposed to take place before uh, Thor 11. No, actually, maybe after Thor, Thor 11 Thunder. I'm not sure because I can't remember the sequence. Because Thor 11 Thunder comes out in like two months. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's coming out in July, but I don't know if they're going to have the special done by July. So 
Yeah. We'll, interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. And we'll keep you guys in the loop uh, as much as we can. You know, we gave you a bit of a Moon Knight review. I'm sure we'll have some thoughts on She-Hulk when the time comes. I'm sure we'll have some thoughts on Ms. Marvel when the time comes. And whenever they finally make announcements about uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and that kind of stuff, we'll probably have discussions on that. And we'll have a talk on Thor Love and Thunder at some point probably. So... You know, there's there's still plenty of marvelous discussions on the horizon for us here at IPC, but um, I think that may do it for tonight's discussion of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Unless Ben, you have any other closing thoughts? No, I think I think we conquered this movie. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Um, definitely, uh, go, definitely go listen to our uh, other discussion and watch it. We will be back. We we are back on YouTube, um, the, the two of us, and uh, go go watch our our uh, breakdown of Moon Knight, and we're celebrating our eighth anniversary, which is great. And then, probably as you're listening to this, or soon after, um, I'm gonna be on my way to Star Wars Celebration, and what? so I'm gonna be uh doing a lot of crazy stuff there. And then the week after we'll be back to talk about not only what I experienced, but uh, also um, going to be a lot of star Wars news to break down Mm -hmm. for everyone. So uh, Mm -hmm. that should be a lot of fun. A lot of star Wars news. And the first two episodes of the Kenobi series are going to be dropping by then. So uh, yeah, go check out our eight year celebration. And then uh, we'll see Ben after he gets back from star Wars celebration. And uh, there'll be a lot more fun to be had on the IPC podcast. Go follow IPC podcast on all the social places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for at IPC podcast. And uh, you can follow me on all my socials at Z-A-C-H, Zach the Voice. Ben, I know you took a break from certain pieces of social media, but where where are you currently? I um I've I've gotten I'm starting to dip my toe back into Twitter. I'm I'm back for the time being. Um I'll probably be tweeting a little bit here and there during celebration, who knows. So definitely follow me at Ben Hart with no e on uh Twitter and also Instagram and even Facebook. Um and then there'll be a lot of stuff going on in the Star Wars world too at the SWU. Definitely go follow that because uh for one, we're getting close to 100,000 followers. It would really be nice to get up, get above that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, a lot, a lot of cool content. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, working my ass off and getting you guys some really cool content. Well, we're looking to uh, seeing what an assless Ben looks like in California. <laughs> oh, you will see it. <laughs> you will see it. And uh, also, also come see us at IHOP. I was about to say, you guys have some like meet and greet type of stuff going on out there i'm not going to be able to make it i can't get the vacation time and get time off for the honeymoon that's coming up this fall so uh, unfortunately i had to choose my wife over star wars nerds oh man what a tough decision that was (laughs) not oh boy uh you're yeah have have faith uh, fellow nerds have faith i am living proof that you can love star wars and get laid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yep it's true it's true um but yeah if you are if you're gonna be in the area go go check us out ihop uh, uh i think it's the april 26th no 
May 26th. <laughs> We're going to time travel. Uh, that was my, 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 my freaking birthday. Uh, May 26th, uh, 7 p.m. Um, on Thursday, um, IHOP, if you can get in, actually, because I think we're, we're actually running out of tickets, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, if you can get in, uh, definitely come have some pancakes with us. I think that's the first time I've ever heard about having tickets at IHOP before. It's a special thing we've worked out. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Well, hope you guys have fun with that, and I'm looking forward to whenever we get back on the airwaves again. But uh, I think that is going to officially do it for this pop-up special edition episode of the IPC Podcast, talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, everyone. Hope to see you live for our next episode. But for Ben, I'm Zach, thanking you for tuning in. And we will see you all next time. But until then, good night, everyone.